This is The Real Deal, where real estate meets real life. Whether you're a seasoned real estate expert, a first-time home buyer, or if you're simply passionate about hearing small business stories, this is the podcast for you. Join us as we dive deep into the world of real estate and beyond. Hi, I am Janine Igliani, your host of The Real Deal, where real estate meets real life. This is episode 17, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Hatcher. And our guest today is Eric Perry with Eco Roofing Solutions. And we're super excited to have you here and to hear from you on this side. You know, we've been able to have the opportunity to work with you. You personally did one of my rental properties recently, which was really cool to get to experience kind of what that process looks like from an inside an insider's perspective. And I will tell you, it was truly one of the best. Really, I was super impressed with the communication, the professionalism, and then just the quality of the work. And and one of the things that I thought was really cool, because it is one of my rental properties, I have a tenant in there, your office staff offered to communicate with them directly too, which I thought was super cool. That's like, in my opinion, going above and beyond. So yeah, thanks for well, being here. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Super excited. So Eric, will you tell us kind of about where did you come from? Where did you grow up? And then ultimately what got you into roofing? Yeah. So um, as condensed as I can make it, I've been roofing in Arizona for 25 years. So almost my whole life. Um, I started out as a kid in my teens, mainly to help my dad. He's been, an, I'm a third generation roofer. So that's cool. Um, helping him just carry the ladder, just being the kid in the truck to, to minimize his efforts. Probably somebody to hang out with him during the day. Did you want to, or was he kind of, come on, come um, probably come. a little of both. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, um, I didn't agree sometimes with school. And so if I ever got in trouble <laughs> Oops, at school, it, you know, I would have to come, you know, go, go to work with dad. I couldn't stay home and like play video games right. or whatever. Um, so yeah, he just started dropping me off at different job sites and, and I would say, well, what do I do? And he's like, well, whatever they tell you to do. Mm. And so I was the guy on the roof, um, just handing stuff to people. Yeah. And How old were you? Yeah, I was going to say what age were you? Um, I was 13 wow. going on 14. That's uh, cool. and it was really like in the afternoons, obviously the weekends, school vacations, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Even in the summer, even in the summer. Yeah. Um, did I, you grow up here? I did. Arizona? I was okay. born and raised here. Um, I used to go to my dad's office a lot and I'd bug all the sales guys to go jumpstart. He had this old busted forklift, um, in the back and, you know, being a kid wanting to drive Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I think that started when I was seven or eight years old, I used to bug them to, to jumpstart it. Um, so I can go drive around and my dad would have me organize pallets or whatever. So, um, in hindsight, you know, I don't think I'd let any of my kids do anything like that now. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, 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 it worked out, you know, it, it taught me a lot of lessons and skills, yeah. um, you know, that I have now, but yeah, just, that's kind of how I started in the industry and, and I'll never forget where I was. Um, my dad was a talker and that's where I get it from. And so anytime he, we're headed home, like a 12 hour day, he's like, I just got to make one quick stop. And I, oh, you know, cause I knew it was gonna take forever. <laughs> and I, sometimes, I think my kids maybe can relate to yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'd go in, sometimes I'd stay in the truck, but I still vividly remember the exact house. I can drive to it where I was when I went in and this customer was asking my dad questions about different, like what kind of shingle he should get, which manufacturer. And my dad, when he was answering, was saying things with information as if he's worked for each of these manufacturers for 30 years. And I, I vividly remember thinking, how can somebody retain that much information? 
Um, later in life, as I got further into the roofing industry, I realized it was passion. You know, mm. when you have passion for what you do, it's you're not really retaining the information. Um, it's just it's just, in you. Yes, I love yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, from there, I I I, I wor- fortunately worked for a company that really invested into us in terms of providing training, continued education, certifications, that sort of thing, and. I just got really good. I was an actual installer for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else that I worked with on the roof said I was nuts, mm-hmm. you know, um, for not working in the office or in the AC or whatever. Um, and then from there, I went into sales. Uh, and I didn't think I'd be able to sell a roof because I was too technical, but it turns out that helped. Um, I was the king of repairs, though. Mm-hmm. So the owner at the time, my dad had shut his company down and, and I was working for sales for another company. You know, obviously they want to re-roof houses and I'm turning in all these tiny little repairs. And it's because I understand from a technical aspect, well, there's some things you can do to make it last a few more years. And that benefit is carried over. And he wouldn't dare complain about it because I think I sold almost a million dollars just in jobs under a thousand dollars in one year. Wow. And um and that builds relationships because for people sure. trust you oh, and who sure. are they gonna yeah. call when in two years when their roof needs to be done. Yeah. For sure. Um so uh, yeah, after sales I dabbled in operations i started a, a, a roofing division for a restoration company so that kind of gave me another avenue of experience in terms of operations production scheduling um and then from there i had an opportunity to to be a partner in a roofing company and then that kind of gave me more of like the office admin accounting um corporate that sort of experience um and then where i am now i've i've owned eco for three years um on my own now and and all of the experience that i've had in my past i think is what has leveraged me to that's yeah, cool do what we're doing now so how's it going it's going great it's going great terrifying scaling is always terrifying mm. but we we so when i started eco it's funny because i only wanted to do um probably one and a half to two million never never more than that keep it very small and we did that our first year um and it was great but i realized that i was never home Mm. And the relationship with my wife and my kids, you know, were being compromised in my eyes. My kid, I remember my son. So I have five kids and my son is my, he's our youngest. So we finally had our boy. And I remember mm. he comes up to me a year and a half ago, two years ago. And he says, you know, dad, are you going to eat dinner in your office? Or are you going to eat dinner you mm. know, downstairs with us? And I look at him and I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Because I was willing at that time, you know, I'm just going to put it down. He just asked me the question. So of course I'm going to have dinner with him. And he goes, I want you to eat in your office. And he was coming from a place of caring because he knew that in his mind, that's where I needed to be because I was always there. Um, And I was like, well, why? And he's like, because I want you to be able to get your work done. So he thought he was being thoughtful, Um, but it it really impacted me. And so that was the night where I, I had a conversation with my wife and I was like, we need to build a team. You know, and, and, and it's been great because then it gives you an opportunity to provide for other people. Yeah. Um, and impact more people in the community and stuff yeah. like that. So That's really powerful yeah. what you just shared. I love that you caught that lesson, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes our kids teach us the greatest lessons. Yeah. I love going back to your story too, just <clears throat> how you came into this business through your family. That's super obviously near and dear to my heart with my dad as having been my mentor. I remember being a kid and literally going on appointments and sitting in the car waiting while he was in a listing appointment or whatever. And now the roles have reversed in terms of my kids being on the other end of that and coming in and hearing me have conversations just the same as you heard your dad, which I think is super cool. But the other thing that kind of struck me in your story was, I don't want to call them 
some failures, but maybe lessons that you learned. But it sounds like just everything you learned and you took it and you grew and built upon it. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge um, lesson in business, right? It's not just taking maybe some of the knocks that come our way, but really looking at it as to how can I learn? How can I be better and and go be better the next time around? And that's super cool. Yeah. So I've just heard just in the little bit that you've already shared that family is super important to you. What if you could kind of talk to us about just your business philosophy in general? Like, how do you view your business? What are some of the things that are important to you? So, um, yeah. So for me, like my biggest passion, and I remember when I told my team this and they were shocked because all I do is talk about roofing. And when I tell them, hey, my passion isn't roofing, Mm. you know, they're like, what? I think it was at one point but then you know as you go on in life and you do new things and you you try new things you start to you know understand what really matters Mm -hmm. and and what really makes you feel good so my biggest passion is serving and giving and i know it sounds cliche but for me i grew up i always say i didn't have i had everything i needed i didn't have everything i wanted Mm. and not in a selfish aspect um you know, like I had a new bike for Christmas. My dad found the bike in the alley. Mm-hmm. He painted it. He fixed the chain, put some new tubes in it, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. To me, it was a new bike. Mm-hmm. So I had everything that I needed, um, you know, plus some. I had, you know, a great upbringing. But for me, as a young adult, starting to have kids, I can't remember how many times the school, like it's back to school season right now. Mm-hmm. And how many times I'd get this ridiculously long list you know, of 400 glue sticks and all these things. And I can't, I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, being the prideful guy that I was, I would just send my kid to school with like a backpack and a new pair of shoes. And, and they just sneak right in while all the other kids are carrying their sack of school supplies. And I can't imagine how embarrassing that is for them. Mm-hmm. And so for me now to be in a position to, on a small scale, like help as many people as I can in those situations, those are what I love. Um, I do a lot of really small things that I don't really talk about. Um, I just put it on my social media, you know, like, like right now I put it out there a few days ago that if anybody needs help with back to school supplies, Mm -hmm. have you had anybody reach out? Yeah. Usually we get about seven or eight people. Um, and I just base it on how many kids they have and whether or not, um, I keep it small because I know a lot of people have pride and a lot of people don't like asking for help. And most of the people that I get, are people telling me about somebody else that they know? Mm-hmm. It's not the actual person yeah. asking for help. And I'm like, just send me the Venmo. Um, and you know, how many kids do they have too? Okay, you know, here's 150 bucks that should be able to get mm-hmm. your your stuff. I don't know what they're going to use it on. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to get school yeah. supplies. I mean, that's on them and God. But for me, there's some trust there. I know that if there's an opportunity that it helps somebody, and and the reactions that I get sometimes um, from people are what you know make it worth it and what make me want to keep doing it. We gave away a van. Um, a van three or four months ago yeah so I still haven't posted the video I'm so bad at that mm. um, I'm so personally for me that's what I'm starting I'm at the phase of my life where I'm trying to overcome talking about the things that I do it's hard that's hard yeah. though we oh, struggle yeah. with yeah. that too a and that's my team they know yeah. mm-hmm. how do we share this without it making it seem like look how great we are right mm-hmm. right but it's if your heart truly is to do good and give back I think that's valuable for people to know the kind of people we are. So it's not necessarily for the kudos. It's like, who are you going to go into business with? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and there are many things that probably are best that you don't share. But yeah. from a business standpoint, I think a lot of, at least the, the, the clients that we want to attract are the ones that want to do business with 
companies that give back mm-hmm. that do those things for others. So, yeah. yeah. And for me, I get inspired when I see people do, I follow a lot of people on social media that do amazing things for people. Um, and that inspires me. And so the way I try to keep viewing it and keep telling myself is if I talk about it, I might have haters, but I'm, they're not my people anyway. Right. And if I can inspire one person to do something like that, um, so the van we had, my, my wife got a new vehicle and she, um, she was never the van mom. She always hated having <laughs> a van and it was older. It was a little sun beat up and, um, mechanically sound. And, and it was just for a couple of months parked on the side of our house. And can I say this really quick though? Super quick. Sorry. Total random sidebar. I had a minivan and I loved it. Like I secretly loved it because it was so big and cool. Like you had like the auto doors and stuff, <laughs> but I like outwardly hated it because it's yeah. like the stigma. So I think that was my wife because right. I'm like, this is cool. Like you, yeah. can, you have a TV in it, you have all this stuff, <laughs> Totally. you know? And like, I wanted to get her a new one. Yeah. Like a, I was like, they make really right? nice ones. And she's like, I just don't want to be the van mom. Right. It's so and true. I was like, all right, well, we had too many kids for that. So we need to figure <laughs> yeah. something out. But, um, yeah, so it was going to go to my daughter, my oldest daughter, when she turned 16. And um, and then we ended up getting her another vehicle. And the, so the van's just sitting there. And me and my wife sometimes will go out on a walk at night and, and just reflect and talk. And we were coming home, and we saw that van. And it's, it's, it's not the prettiest thing. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to do with this van? And the thought of, like, taking the energy and effort into, like, what? I don't even know how mm-hmm. to do it anymore. Like, put it on Craigslist, mm-hmm. something, sell it. Mm-hmm. And to get virtually nothing for it, I'm like, why don't we just like give it? Like, we're never gonna, if somebody towed it, I probably wouldn't even notice. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be gone and whatever. So why not just give it to somebody? And I didn't know that I was gonna have the reaction that I had, but so I just started putting it on social media. I videoed the van. I said, hey, I'm gonna give this away. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, you know, if you have a family, you know, especially if you're like a single mom, if you're struggling, you know, whatever, you don't have a reliable, reliable vehicle. Um, and we had uh, t- uh, twelve nominations, wow. and there was re- there was eight super solid ones, and it was really tough. It was mm. probably a, one of the hardest decisions I, I ever had to make, and I felt bad because I wanted to give them all a van, mm-hmm. yeah. and because all their stories, and ultimately, so the video, um, and that's why it's taken so long for me to post it. Is it's actually really funny because when I finally called the the recipient, she was she had gone to work, and I'm like, well, I gotta I gotta tell her, and. Um, I called and like spoke to their HR department and it was like a super lockdown where she worked and, and it was, uh, it was kind of comical. There's a lot of funny parts in the video of me trying to like get in touch with this mm-hmm. woman. I'm like, they thought we were like a sweepstakes person right. that we're outside. I was like, no, no, I just need to like call her after work. Yeah. And I said, but I kind of just like called her and she's going to wonder why. So right. I, I don't want to like waste the surprise right. on a text, you know? So, um, but it was really cool. Um, we got the tires done, you know, replaced, mm-hmm. the fluid changed. And, and when the people, like the people that do our mobile cha- oil changes for our fleet, when they found out that we were giving it away, mm-hmm. they they did the, oh, the fluids awesome. for free. Yes. The brakes needed to be done. He identified that. They don't even do brakes. It's not even their service. Wow. But he's like, I know how to do brakes. I'm wow. going to go buy the parts and do it for free for you. Oh, I love and, that. And uh, so it was really cool to that see, like, cool. kind of the domino effect yeah. of people helping out. But that's my that's my my true passion. And so my vision is with the company obviously it's the bigger the company is uh employed with you know more and more like-minded um you know team members Mm -hmm. then the the bigger impact we can have with more people that's really cool um i i really want to do like crowdfund like that sort of thing um 
And I've talked to a couple of influencers that kind of told me some things to do it, but I'm like, it's, it's not, so I'm getting past that identity, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. interaction with myself Mm -hmm. and just doing it because I think that like the runner up for who is the van, I was like, man, I bet, I bet if I crowdfunded within a year, I can probably get her a wholesale van. Um, so things like, I just like helping people that maybe don't have the opportunity to help themselves at the current time i love that i think when you grow up and you experience sometimes being on the other side of like a blessing or generosity it helps in wanting to be generous yourself right when you're in a position to be able to do that one of the greatest things that we've ever done was this was a while ago um our community had done like an angel tree during christmas time and i reached out to them and i said just tell me what the greatest need is that you received and i want to take care of it anonymously we did i didn't know what it was i they just said this is how much it was going to cost i gave them the money and that was it years later i got an email what we had ended up doing was paid uh, a portion a semester worth of college tuition for this girl who had lost her parents and her grandmother was raising her and couldn't afford to pay for it. When she graduated, she emailed me and like told me the whole story and how it was such a blessing to her. Like she was going to quit and give up, but we did that. And I was like blown away and I had no idea. And it was the coolest thing ever to get to be a part of. So yes, we're doing these great acts and blessing that person, but we're equally blessed when we do it, which is like the thing that nobody talks about. You forget about how awesome that feels to be able to do that. And we totally have that same business philosophy about giving back, being generous, community service it's just to me it's how we live our personal lives Mm -hmm. so it only makes sense to Mm -hmm. live our to run our business that way too yeah and i feel like we've been blessed with a business that allows for that you know so why not right right and and i think about that often too is is you know i feel like the business is where it is and going where it's going you know because of the things that we do and what's one thing that i i always say i accidentally find out um, cause maybe I don't think ahead of things and, and discover it later is how cool it is that when you, you know, when we hire team members, like we hire for, for attitude, for core values, you know, if you, if you match with them, great. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, you're not probably a good fit. Mm-hmm. And so bringing in this culture of people, what I've realized is when they start to see like how intensely we give, um, cause we talk about it and they probably know about it cause most, most of the time they've done research. But when they start to experience that, it even heightens their level of mindset on how they give. That's and cool. then improves that. And it makes them look for other ways to to give and serve. And I tell them all the time, like, you don't just have to write checks. Mm-hmm. You know, your time is oh, more yeah. valuable than mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes more impactful. You know, right? if, if you can you can pay for a painter to go paint someone's house right. for a charity, or you can go paint it with your family and right? your team yourself. Right. And probably do a worse job than a professional <laughs> painter, but yeah. it's 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 that time investment. And so there's so many different ways to give. I mean, we do, I started out just doing roof donations. We still do those um, because I'm like, hey, that's the one thing I can do. That's yeah. the one thing I do know how to do. Right. And so we'll do, we try to do one a quarter uh, a roof donation for somebody. What does that mean, a full roof replacement? Yeah, so if wow. somebody, um, we, we it's, it's usually, we come across enough situations. I'm largely empathetic, so um, I try to, <laughs> My administrative team tells me to like stay out of sales because mm-hmm. I just give things give away. away. But, yeah. um, the usually we come across enough um, 
people in the community that need roofing work that have us come out and look at the roof and then we identify you know maybe they don't have the means to take care of it to the extent that they need to to truly fix it or whatever that is to where we haven't had to like go out and ask for nominations yet um but again going back to being inspired by people you know a buddy of mine um all of my friends are roofers i'm really involved in the roofing industry and a buddy of mine just did a uh a roof donation um for uh, memorial day and uh it like having like seeing him do that like gives me ideas seeing people do things like that like gives me ideas about like maybe a veteran's day doing like you know a veteran a roof donation for a veteran or something like that so we try to do one a quarter that's really cool um but just mm-hmm. the more the more like he put it out there and he doesn't you know he he doesn't really post on social media that much um so by him putting it out there, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been inspired to get the idea. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes me think, you know, the more I put stuff out there, then maybe that'll help inspire other people. I so, love that. For sure. Yeah. You know, um, you kind of just made me think about this, that there is just like in the real estate world, there's a lot of competition out there in the roofing community, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's some that, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this, that do it well and some that don't, right? What would you say in terms of playing nice with others in your competition? I know this is going to like put you on the spot, but why should someone go with eco roofing? Yeah. So, um, well, in terms of, you know, playing nice with others versus, you know, not. Um, so there's there's the, the state association is the Arizona Roofing Contractors Association. My dad, when I was a kid, he always told me you're not a real roofer in Arizona unless you're a member. It's 500 bucks a year to join mm-hmm. and it provides free training for the entire company. So mm-hmm. you can have a roofing company with 500 employees and you can give them OSHA 10, OSHA 30, English, Spanish, forklift, fault protection, rigging, so many different kinds of training for 100% for free. Mm-hmm. Um, you send 10 people to OSHA 10, it's two grand. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, um, I understood that you're not a real roofer because it's the, the, the roofers that are part of the of ARCA is they're so giving to the community. I mean, we do monthly, um, uh, you know, ch- like charities or contributions to um, New Pathways for Youth, UMOM, Soldier Center, like different, different, you know, things that we support. And the all the roofers are just big givers. And so for me, the people that it's easy for me to identify what roofers I want to associate with um, or are willing to, because if you're not a member of ARCA, are you one, are you educated about what it is? Mm-hmm. And if so, then like, we're probably not friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause there are some companies out there that are very profit driven, um, very transactional mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's a business, so mm-hmm. I get it. But for me, there's a lot of companies that I've identified that are, that are, that share kind of the same values that I have, mm-hmm. um, and definitely willing to work with them for us. Um, the, you know, it's, it's always tough because you're always just taking someone's word for it. Mm-hmm. But why, why I think and, and what I, you know, we preach to our team all the time is I've had the privilege of being in the industry for 25 years. And I think we talked about this one day. So what, what I like to do is take all of the things that I've identified as like bad mm-hmm. that I've seen in the industry that roofers have done and continue to do. And I try to do the absolute opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, like, our I call that excessive. Our excessive communication yeah. comes in. Is nobody, you know, roofers, maybe they don't even show up to the inspection. Mm-hmm. And if they do and they spend an hour, maybe they don't even send an estimate. Um, or you got to call them 15 times for it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, 
you know, you, you go with them and you have trouble getting scheduled. And then they just show up, make a bunch of noise and leave. And you're like, are they done? I don't mm -hmm. know. And so for us, you know, we have a position in the company called the customer experience specialist. And and her, and she's great. And her, her role is essentially to make sure, like I know roofing very well, but I don't buy roofs, mm -hmm. you know. So we want to make sure that the experience from the consumer standpoint, that they're like having the best experience they can have. Mm -hmm. I always tell them I want... To, to create the customers that want to buy a roof from us every month. Mm -hmm. You don't need a roof, mm -hmm. you know, every 30 yeah. years. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I want to, like, hey, I enjoyed my experience so mm -hmm. much that I want you to re-roof my house in the first of every mm -hmm. month. That's, you know? that's music to our ears because just like roofing, there are many in the real estate game that are just transactional. Mm -hmm. And same same thing. We get it, right? But for us, it's we want to create not just raving fans, but we want to have we want to be the, the realtor for life, essentially. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. And I say this often. There are many people in the trades that are really good at the trade, but they are not mm -hmm. good at running the business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you find, when we find somebody that can do both extremely well, it's huge because then we are much more comfortable. I mean, extremely comfortable referring them to one of our clients because now you are or whoever that is is, is an extension of our business mm -hmm. and that is huge and communications probably the first thing yeah communications it's so easy but people people don't do it yeah mm -hmm. um and so that's that's a huge thing i mean for us like what i always say is like you get you get us for life you mm -hmm. don't just get you know we we brand you know the hashtag eco family right and it's mm -hmm. because our employees like we all we spend more time with each other than we do with our families mm -hmm. and so we are a family and our customers, we want them to feel like the family too. Um, so it, it, you get all of us, you know, when, when sales sells a job, you know, they don't just turn a file over to production and never hear from them again. We, we call them every single day during the process and check in with them. And sometimes they're like super appreciative of that. Sometimes they say like, I get it. Like I'm busy. Stop calling, you know? Yeah. Um, but we just want to keep them informed. And we also want to make sure that if they have any small questions throughout the process, that there's somebody there asking for them so that they're not left to wonder. Yeah. yeah. That's so. good. We feel yeah. the same. We uh, just tell, we tell our clients, we want to answer any questions that you may have before you even know you have them. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want them coming to us. We say that we, the worst thing is for our clients to come to us with questions because it tells us we haven't communicated yeah. enough. Right. So I say, put out the matches. Yeah. <clears throat> I tell my team, look for the matches to put mm -hmm. out. That's cool. And that's like the, you know, cause somebody might have a small question that isn't, you know, it just a quick, simple answer mm -hmm. can solve it. Um, but then if you don't, then the match maybe goes to like a piece of paper mm -hmm. on fire and then, yep. and then eventually, they're on Google and they're trying to figure things out and mm -hmm. because they haven't had a presence from us, you know, right. making them feel comfortable and it made them have to ask these questions in Google or whatever. And then they, they come up to us with a grenade. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, if you put out the matches, because some of the times, you know, we'll, we'll, somebody comes to us with a grenade and we can still diffuse it just by answering questions. But it's like, if this was consistently right. done throughout the whole process, mm -hmm. that's so, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about roofing, like specifically, because okay. one question that's burning in my mind right now, we go to lots and lots and lots of inspection appointments. And most homes here in the valley have the tile or the clay roofing, right? Mm -hmm. What about asphalt and how long do those last? So we can talk about maybe all, all three. Yeah. How long do these last? <clears throat> so you probably get a different answer depending on who you ask. Yeah. But uh, historically in Arizona, 
assuming it's installed correctly, uh, any roof system, tile or shingle, should last about 30 years. Okay. There's other variables that come into play, like if you have massive 100-foot pine trees, like two or three of them hovering over your roof in a bunch of valleys, it's probably going to decrease you know, the life expectancy. Unless you keep up on the preventative maintenance and keeping it clean and clear and that sort of thing, which a lot of, that's another thing, is a lot of roofers don't really educate the customers on what a maintenance plan is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, hey, we're done with your roof, but you should, because of these trees, you should have us out every couple of years to just blow it out or something like that, um, just to maximize longevity of the roof. Roofing is expensive. You know, mm -hmm. you, you don't, you want it to last as long as it possibly can. Um, so historically, uh, nowadays, the tile roof will last upwards of 30 years. Same with a shingle roof. Anything installed before 2006, because we had some code changes in Arizona, um, only has an average life expectancy on a tile roof anyway of about 16 to 18 years. Hmm. So once you're getting close to that mark, and there's like one or two builders that took pride in their work and installed some of those things that were around but weren't required by code. So they, like drip edge and stuff? Yeah, so that was part of the code change. It was drip edge, bird stop, and hip and ridge closure. And specifically the hip and ridge closure on like a high profile like S-tile roof mm -hmm. um, is what makes the difference from 16 to 18 years to 30 years. Just that small and expensive wow. product. Um, but it took Arizona until 2006 to figure that out or at least to enforce it. Um, shingle roofs, a lot of people go with tile. Um, I don't see outside of your occasional custom any new construction shingles going up. And I think it's because there's about five manufacturers of shingles in Arizona, and they all, for the most part, have about the same colors. Um, so if, say they each have about six colors, maybe seven colors. Um, it's not like you have 35 color options. You have six or seven because one will call it amber. Another one will call it golden amber. It's the same <laughs> color, but just their <laughs> version. Um, whereas tile, there's three to four different profiles that are locally manufa manufactured in Arizona. And uh, within there, 50, 60 different color options. So there's a lot more opportunity to be unique. <laughs> um, and even in track neighborhoods, because they're 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 locally manufactured that's where they'd get like hey we're going to pick three different color schemes and then put them in right. the whole community do you do metal roofing as well metal roofing is the one roofing system that we don't do okay um we have a phenomenal roofer that we refer out to that um i just personally haven't installed enough of it myself uh uh or know enough about it to to feel comfortable with us doing it it's not something i would say falls within our what we specialize in and so i'd rather leave it to yeah. the people until we do specialize in it that that actually specialize in it what would you say for maintenance like what are some good just general maintenance tips that homeowners can live by when it comes to managing and maintaining and maybe extending the life of their roof sure so uh shingle roofs the maintenance is relatively simple it's just sealing the penetrations um, or at least making sure that they're they remain sealed um, so your plumbing vents and stuff that go through the roof, just making sure those are sealed around the AC units, um, tile roofs, um, broken tiles. And we don't really suggest that any homeowner get up on the roof themselves and look mm -hmm. and replace them. Cause you have to know how to walk on them. You oh, do. Yeah. yeah. Um, bottom three inches <laughs> and a big guy like me, I heal the toe over two tile mm -hmm. and, and kind of strafe around, but the bottom three inches of, of each tile is. So when you're walking, you don't put your foot sideways on the tile. You're no, I put it sideways. Okay. Yeah. You okay. don't have to. I, I just do. Um, so or if the tiles are laid like that, I'll put it sideways. Okay. But you can you can walk in the pans of them. But the bottom three inches is the only place that's um, firm space, you know, all the way down. Anything okay. above that is hollow. 
um, is like the gap of the underlayment mm -hmm. underneath. Um, so but would you go ahead? I was going to say, so what I suggest is I, I don't know of a roofing contractor that, that charges for inspections. Um, so when you find one that you're comfortable with, hopefully us, but have us come out every, I always recommend if, if your roof is two days old or 20 years old, every two years, okay. um, if we have catastrophic monsoon, like where you come home and the trees are laying in the street of your neighborhood, um, then maybe call us out just an extra time to come out and make sure that nothing was impacted. So every two years and that's a free, that's so free inspection. Yeah. Wow. And, and then that way, you know, and, and I say two days because we, we go on a lot of houses that New barely got their certificate of occupancy. Mm -hmm. and There's cracked tiles everywhere. Cracked tiles. We had close to 30. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the issue with that is, is it's not going to leak right away. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is why, you know, homeowners kind of get, you know, the pour into the stick is because it doesn't leak right away. But the water can, you know, immediately has access to the underlayment. And, and I always say, think of the underlayment like body armor. It's designed to protect the home against leaks. You know, nothing's going to penetrate it. But at the same time, I've never done this, but I'd imagine if you shot the same spot of body armor over and over and over again, eventually it's going to make it work. Especially with through. UV rays. Right, exactly. UV is way worse. Um, it happens way faster with direct sunlight. Um, but when you put new underlayment down, you, you have a new plate of body armor, um, but you also have to solve the problems. So broken tiles allowing water to get under the tile onto the underlayment obviously is gonna, is gonna reduce life expectancy. And if you come out and identify that there's even 30 broken tiles on your house, regardless of what the age is, it's always better to have to spend you know a few hundred dollars now to replace those 30 tiles. And people might not wanna do that, but when they're like, hey, if I don't, that instead of 20 years from now, and you know maybe seven to ten years from now i'm gonna to have to spend twenty thousand dollars to yeah. replace my underlayment yeah. it's 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 a lot better to do it up front oh yeah i on one of my rental properties as soon as i took or converted it into a rental i had a roofer come out and it was like a fifteen hundred dollar repair and he's like janine you're so glad you did this now because if this would have lasted even another storm like this could have been way worse yeah. so Sometimes, yeah. yeah, it's not fun to have to do it, but that preventative maintenance can be huge. Yeah. And, just, and people yeah. don't think about it, too. Mm -mm. They don't think about, like, oh, I need to have my roof checked dead. out. Like yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not an exciting thing. Right. You know, and I get it. And that's why we, we try to put on every social media platform, every outlet, every, everywhere we can, you know, uh, the information that I just said. You know, get your free inspections and here's why. Mm -hmm. um, and if we go out there and there's nothing wrong with the roof, great. You yeah. know, we don't view it as a wasted trip, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, like we help somebody out and they yeah. have the peace of mind. They don't have to worry about yeah. it. And they'll call us out in another year. With so many people here in Arizona adding solar to their homes, what are your thoughts on that and how that impacts the roof and some maybe some tips? So I see nothing wrong with solar. There's always been like this clash between solar and roofing. And I think... The reason why is because when solar started really coming around in Arizona and even to this day, no like solar industry ever communicated with the roofing industry mm -hmm. to say, hey, how do we do this? Mm -hmm. um, they'll say, I installed it. I installed the base plate or whatever to the manufacturer's specifications. I say, well, the manufacturer is a manufacturer of a solar mount, not of a roof system. Um, so they don't really align or coincide with each other. And so for me, I think solar is great. Um, I don't know a lot of, about solar, like I don't sell solar, but at the same time, the way I see it is if your bill is going to be less immediately and every month going forward for the rest of your life, why not do it? Mm -hmm. But 
um, in terms of the correlation with the roof, mm -hmm. is, it just depends on as long as it's installed correctly. Um, you know, there's there's absolutely nothing to worry about. I always recommend, especially if your roof is newish, to maybe have a roofing contractor consult or work with the solar company, um, or if if you don't have a solar company, call a roofer and ask what solar company they work with or what they mm -hmm. should use. Because if a roofer trusts a solar company, yeah. then odds are it's because, you know, they, they know that they, they install it, right. it correctly. Right. Yeah. That's really good. That's good. Yep. Good. Awesome. What, this was fun. Anything yeah. else, Ryan? What what's your biggest challenge right now? Um this heat, no. I know, right? <laughs> it's incredible. It is rough. I it think is. uh, you know, it, it's there's always something that I find myself working on. I, I think my my biggest challenge right now um, is, um, gosh, that's a tough one. I, I didn't even think about that. Well, you talked about scaling. I figured you would say that. Yeah, well, scaling, scaling is, is, it's a challenge and it's not, you know, it's, it's exciting because it means growth, but it's also terrifying depending on the rate at which you're scaling. Um, and we've scaled over hundred percent last year. Um, and we're, we're projected to scale over hundred percent this year. Um, which is exciting, you know, but also terrifying at the same time. And mm -hmm. so I think for me, my biggest challenge is just uh, maintaining um, the attention in the marketplace. You know, there's there's so many there's so many roofers out there and especially at a time like now where it hasn't rained in a little while. Um, you, you know, people don't have that sense of urgency. There's still people doing roofs. Um, and I feel now for the guy who doesn't advertise on social media and doesn't post anything and doesn't market or network or anything like that. Because I always wonder like, man, I hope that guy is feeding his family still, mm. you know, and getting the work. Um, but there's also like a new wave that seems like it's been created of, of roofers that are, that are hungry and, and, and starting out and, and advertising and networking. And it's great. And maybe it's because I'm so involved in the industry that I see that. Um, you know, but I, I think the, ch the challenge that I always have is, is making sure that people are at least aware of who we are and what we can provide them. Um, again, doing it as long as I have and my concept of doing things the opposite of, of what a lot of roofers do. And I mean that in the good way is that um, I know the experience that people are going to have with us is going to we, we've had three and I'm not bragging because I still think it's the weirdest thing in the world, but also super cool. We've had three customers that we did a roof for whether repair or replacement reach out to us after the fact and ask if we're hiring mm. because they said that they they enjoyed the experience with us so much wow. like this is real and it was it's i'm still like that's it's a the great biggest compliment. It's a yeah. huge compliment mm -hmm. um i never would have ever even comprehended that to ever be a possibility mm -hmm. of happening mm -hmm. and and so i know the experience they're going to have with us and for the most part i know the experience they're going to have with some others mm -hmm. and for me it's just the challenge is always to like break past the obscurity and break past everything else to kind of share with everybody what type of experience they would have with us. So at least they have that as an option. That's awesome. So, very cool. So Eric, how does someone get a hold of you if they have a roofing question or want to have their roof inspected? What's the best way to go about that? Sure. So uh, for roof inspections, probably the there's there's two super easy ways. So our website is ecoroofaz.com. Uh, and there's a place where you can fill out some information. Um, you can upload pictures if you need to, uh, or you can always just email us at inspections at ecoroofaz.com. Um, but if you ever just want to chat roofing, um, I'm happy to give out my cell at 602-435-6265, and I'm happy to answer any questions anybody has. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. This is good. Yeah, Thank for sure. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to The Real Deal, where real estate meets real life. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the Home Selling Team on YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify to stay up to date with our podcast.